Yanmar trying to get it towards the empty net. He dives. He scores. Hat trick. Game seven. Yanmar. Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. And he comes, fakes. He scores. Mark Stone, shorthanded goal. Took the goal off its pegs, lost his stick, but more room to pump his fist. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here are your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. What are the best things about season opening week in the National Hockey League is you get to go through all the stats, like what teams are in their curtain raisers for the season, in their home openers, how what they uh, have done historically compared to some uh, other franchises, like defunct franchises, just like saying that, uh, and and just sizing it up. Uh, and, and you get an idea of not, not just how teams fare at the start of a season, but it kind of runs parallel to, in a lot of cases, how the teams have done Overall, and the Vegas Golden Knights three and one in season openers. And tomorrow on the VGK Insider Show, I'll give you a little bit more in depth on on how it compares to other clubs. But three and one as we bring in Ryan Wallace, Darren Millard, uh, Chris Chapman here on the VGK Insider Show. I will say this: that the Golden Knights, if they are victorious tomorrow night will be embarrassingly close to a couple of other franchises in most wins in a season opener. And we know that the Golden Knights have only been around for what is starting a, a fifth year. But uh, they they get off to great starts, and they keep it going, and it's a big part of the identity uh, of the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, head coach Pete DeBoer will be by in just a little bit. Uh, he's going to coach his second season opener with the Golden Knights, but first off a traditional training camp, uh, first with fans in attendance, the first real season opener, uh, first of uh, 82 uh, for Pete DeBoer. He'll stop by at the bottom of the hour on the VGK Insider Show. Uh, we're going to play you some sound from Braden McNabb and William Carlson just on their experiences and comparing uh, what it's like for right now for Seattle and going back uh, the years to the expansion season of 2017 and 18 for the Vegas Golden Knights uh, when they were making their mark and making uh, an imprint uh, on management here and becoming full-time National Hockey League players. But right now, it's the continuation of our Top 5 at 5. This is the number two. Thirteen twos as we get down to the next to last in our countdown. Top 5 hot takes for the 2021, 2020, 22, 2022. See, there's way too many twos uh, in this one. Uh, what do you have for us, Chris Chapman, with your hot take today? You know what I like? I like how we can hear Ryan squirming in his chair every time it's we play It's not squirming. It's, it's sighing so, with it's disappointment. So <laughs> yeah. It's so uncomfortable. Hot take. It hasn't gotten better. Hot take. I, I, I will. I will uh, maybe eventually replace that. <laughs> All no, right. you'll you'll replace it for the next one because I, I don't know that I can physically do it anymore. <laughs> That's a demand this from is, Ryan Wallace. This <laughs> is this is the audio version of the visual representation of a backwards wave. I, I can't do it. I just can't do it, man. <laughs> 
Okay. So, hot take number two for Chris Chapman. In 2018, 2019. <laughs> the heck was that? I don't know. Brett Burns had 83 points as a defenseman. What year? 2018, 2019. Okay. Year two for the BGK. 2015, 2016, Eric Carlson had 82 points. In 2021, 2022, Kale McCarr oh. will surpass both of those guys with single points in a season for a defenseman. He will have more than 83 points in this season. He had a point a game last year. He had 44 points in 44 games. The year before that, he had 50 points in 57 games. He is the best offensive defenseman in the game today. He plays for a team that is absolutely loaded offensively. He will surpass 83 points, which, funny, Brent Burns is the is the career active leader for points in a season, and that season in which he scored 83 points was only the 40th best season by a defenseman. With, I have, with I have no idea points. what you're talking about anymore. Like I've just glazed over a whole bunch of numbers there. Oh, so he had 83 points just a couple seasons yeah. ago. That was only the 40th best oh, offensive okay. season a defenseman had. Right. Well, because guys like Paul Coffey and well, Bobby Orr. Bobby Orr had Orr. 139 yeah. points. Yeah, yeah, that uh, that that tends to to knock things down yeah. just just a little. There was, you know, there was talk in in that year uh, that you cited for Brent Burns that he was going to take a run at leading the league in scoring. Yeah, that's a there, lot of there, points. There was a, a point during that season where the legitimate conversation about whether he could do it. Uh, so Kale McCarr hits 83 points. Yeah. Do you think he can get into top five in scoring, or is that still pushing it? I think that's pushing it. I mean, but that's in this day and age for a defenseman to get that many points is is, is pretty phenomenal. Yeah. So I I think he he will get there. I eighty three. I don't know how many how many more he can get than that, but I do think he'll get to eighty three. All right. Uh, what do you got for us there, Ryan Wallace? This is actually really funny. Um, my hot take does revolve around Kale McCarr as mm. well. Ooh. We didn't plan this out, Chapman. Um, I'm going to try to get to the meat and potatoes a little bit uh, more more succinctly. Uh, Kale McCarr will finish top five in scoring, and he will also be a finalist for the Hart Trophy. That's my hot take. I like that uh, call right there, and I I really appreciate you doing it with fewer numbers than a bingo hall because (laughs) that that made it much much easier to follow. Well, Uh, well, I I did all the the, – Laying of the of the you the, didn't you didn't need the laying of the groundwork as much as you did, buddy. <laughs> no, the foundation. Yeah, the foundation. You you paved a road to L.A. Well, maybe better than that high speed rail they're building that. building the goes to Victorville. Can I just before we get and I like that hot take. I love the fact that, uh, that he's going to be top five and and a finalist. Mm-hmm. If you're top five in scoring, you're a defenseman. You deserve to be in that that Hart Trophy conversation. Uh, another one of those little. Uh, unreally uh, said rules uh, when it comes down to it, uh, where where you put guys in certain slots, just like with uh, with Mark Stone uh, a year ago. Uh, my hot take is Mark Stone wins the Selkie Trophy this year. Hot take. He's been sniffing around it for a couple of years. Last year, the attention that he got and uh, the focus that he got with a couple of first stars and players of the week and. Uh, in and around uh, the Olympic year, and that's going to be the key. When he goes to Beijing, 
and he wins a gold medal, and he's part of that uh, group on Team Canada that kind of play where you're asked to play. Uh, I think so many people are going to appreciate on that stage the skills of Mark Stone. It's going to vault him up the ranks, and and he will finally secure that much-sought-after Selkie Award. Although, in saying that, there's a slight chance that we want him to win the Selkie more than he wants to win the Selkie. Probably. We talk about it so often. And uh, and it's just one of those uh, those areas where it'd be nice to win an individual award. Uh, it certainly doesn't doesn't hurt uh, hurt you at all or your confidence. And uh, quite frankly, uh, I, th- I think he uh, he deserves it. Uh, those are your your hot takes. And the top five at five, at number. This is the number two. My hope is people don't turn off the radio when that goes on. So cringe. <laughs> Except for Wallace might. Uh, before we get into some sound from Braden McNabb and William Carlson, reminder once again that Pete DeBoer is coming up in a couple of minutes, and he is going to uh, just uh, share some thoughts about uh, where this team is. Different practice today. Marcia wasn't out there. Uh, Zach Whitecloud wasn't out there. Uh, Pavel Dorofiev was out there. Uh, he was... Uh, playing on the fourth line. The only guy, they had three lines and a third uh, out there today. So we'll go through a couple of names and just talk about it. He was in a, he was in a good mood today for the media availability, uh, Wallace. Yeah, I, I think Pete's been in a really good mood the last couple of media availabilities, especially when he was beacon you. So uh, we'll take it for sure. It's it's part of it's part of the beauty of starting the season zero and zero, right? Like you you mm-hmm. don't have you're excited, you're looking at what's ahead, and uh, you don't have to to really focus too much on on negatives. You just go right into the regular season feeling good about your game. Is that going to be your first question to him? Like you don't have a question, you're just going to congratulate him for like for poking him, oh. prodding me? Uh, no, no, I'm not going to. I'm do not too worried about poking the bear. <laughs> Not uh, too worried about poking the bear. So before we get to Braden McNabb and William Carlson, uh, I'm going to share something with with the people, with the listeners, about Yikes. what happens at times during this uh, this radio program and how we all get along and the chemistry that we have in this program. And yeah, I, I bug Chapman, but really we do sincerely get along. And Wallace pretends he's frustrated at Sounders, but we do really. Yeah really get along. No, I think he really uh, is frustrated. Uh, there is a, a point during the first hour of the program that I mentioned something. Yep. Uh, and and that was absorbed. It just shows you, no matter how small of a detail it is in this program, Chris Chapman takes it all in. Doesn't he, Wallace? Uh, I just I want my you to... I want you to keep going with the story before I chime in. I'm not okay. going to paint myself in a corner here. During one-timers, I passed mm-hmm. along that Bobby Ryan had been released from his PTO, his professional tryout offer, despite yep. scoring a couple of goals and four mm-hmm. points, and he scored a beautiful goal on the weekend, like went end-to-end and, and tucked it home. Then I moved yep. on. Now, now, to be fair, it was, it was a rapid-fire one-timer segment today because we had so much news to get in. 
During the commercial break between hour one and hour two, mm-hmm. we're sitting here chatting, the three of us, and out of nowhere, Chapman says, whoa, guys, Bobby Ryan been released from his PTO. He was cut loose by the Detroit Red Wings. You thought that it was a setup, Wallace. Yeah, I thought it was a bit. Let's ask Chapman, was it a setup? Was it real or was it a facade? Ryan, I'm going to disappoint you. I, I missed when Darren mentioned it during the one-timers. So <laughs> when, you, when, when we mentioned Detroit, Detroit and their on. power play in, in, the, in the break. Yeah. I, Chapman. All, all I, yes. Chapman, it, it was rapid fire, yes, but Darren I, spent like at least a minute describing all three of the goals Bobby Ryan scored. Yeah. You know, I, I, may have, I may have been looking at something else. And, I, may, I may have, and have just I missed said, it. And then I said, hey, if you're a team that needs someone to score goals, score goals. for you, call Bobby Ryan. Yes. Yeah, I, then I, we got into the whole Phil Kessel discussion. Yeah, I, like I remember it, that. Yeah, I, he's, he's either going to L.A. So, or, or so uh, that wasn't a Pittsburgh. Bit. No, no. But you know what? It's oh. it's a good learning uh, experience for me, because if mm-hmm. if I can't keep Chapman entertained, <laughs> and he's right beside me, how do I expect yeah. the, uh, well, the listeners and, and to the, stay the with me? Well, and the worst part is Bobby Ryan is one of my favorite people, so I I'm I'm really really upset that I missed that. And that all happened before you went uh, under the O fifty four. With your hot take, <laughs> with with all those uh, those numbers, I don't even know what that means. Bingo! Oh. Oh, you, had, you had so many numbers out there. I was ready to yell bingo. Uh, we have uh, Braden McNabb and William Carlson who are available today, and Pete DeBoer is going to join us uh, on the phone in just a little bit. But uh, from media availability today, the day before the season opener, uh, Braden McNabb back out there on the ice, and William Carlson, uh, two original Vegas Golden Knights, were asked about uh, this game that's uh, going to launch season five for Vegas, but it occurs against the expansion Seattle Kraken. And here's Braden on what it must be like for the Kraken right now. A lot of ton of excitement, new opportunity, new city. Uh, it was, you know, fun time, you know, some uncertainty as well. Uh, not really sure how the team would play or, or whatnot, but uh, it's exciting times. And for Seattle, it's, those guys are going to be ready. They're going to be hungry. They, they're going to have chips on their shoulders. They're going to be uh, coming with lots of energy. So uh, it's pretty cool to be, you know, in this game playing against them for the first time. And uh, I'm excited, and we're, we're going to be ready for them. To follow that up, William Carlson with advice for the expansion players. You know, just go out and play, you know. Uh, uh, I just wanted uh, the chance to prove what I could do. Um, I didn't really get that chance in my previous club, so um, I think just take the chance um, and, uh, yeah, just uh, show everyone who you are. There's going to be a legend made in Seattle this winter. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know whether it's going to be the big rig on the blue line, Jamie Alexiak, who won't be able to play, unfortunately, because of COVID protocol. I don't know whether it's going to be Joey Decord, uh, who starts the th- season as the number three goaltender, or uh, or up front, but there's going to be a legend made. Uh, I don't know whether somebody's scoring forty though. I I don't think that's that's going to happen. Um, you know, it's interesting though. You're you're absolutely right. You you start looking through the lineup for the Seattle Crack, and you start looking at players that 
could could likely take that next step and and I I'm talking about a guy that that has already won two Stanley Cups and comes over as as I think arguably the most talented um, offensive player that the Kraken have but Yanni Gord to me is is kind of the guy that's poised to be even to become even better than he was with Tampa just with elevated minutes and a, a bigger role so um, to me Yanni Gord is kind of the first name that I I kind of gravitate toward when it comes to being that guy that that takes over. But the other one that I'm thinking, too, is Jared McCann. Uh, I think that's a player that's just ready to blossom and grow as a player. So uh, no shortage of guys that should be looking at this as a great opportunity to to take the next step in their career. Uh, For the Vegas Golden Knights, now starting Season 5, been to the Final Four in three of the four seasons. Uh, the, The team's been changed, tweaked, altered uh, a little bit the most impactful player from the outside coming into this team will be uh, a nolan patrick will it be if jenny Tadanov? Uh, will it be pavel dorofiev uh who knows because by the way all he does is score whenever i watch this guy all he does is score <laughs> uh and and i put a pass him for, for going out there if he gets in the lineup because of uh availability uh called up from henderson if 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 he doesn't score, but who, who do you think uh, you, you circle and go, I see big things coming from this guy. So, I mean, for me with, you know, with, with the golden Knights, like it, it's probably Nolan Patrick. Like that's my guy. He's centerman and, and, and he's got the range to move up the lineup a little bit. He's a center iceman who has the room to grow, right? He has the opportunity to solidify the third line and solidify the bottom of the lineup for the Golden Knights, or if he continues to grow and continues to blossom, he has the opportunity to be that elite number one center that everyone says the Golden Knights need to win. So from a an, an upside perspective to just banking on youth and banking on uh, a change of scenery and something new, it's, it's going to be Nolan Patrick for me and then everyone else kind of secondary. Uh, went through some of the stats from the NHL preseason. VGK specific. William Carlson was three goals, six points in five preseason games. Petrangelo was five points in four preseason games. I, I know they went three and four, and some people are uh, expect wins all the time. I, I put zero stock in records, but I do. I do. <laughs> I'm sorry. I I, I do, especially <laughs> with this team. With with all the veteran players, uh, yeah. L.A. I would say okay, well, that's interesting because they got a lot of young kids who are trying to push the level of play and and really impress the coach. This is all about just finding some some rhythm in your game, but some of the point totals are quite quite good. Uh, Marcia So was a point per game player in in the preseason. Uh, some pretty solid performances right on through in the in that top six, seven uh, players. For Nolan Patrick, uh, a, a pair of assists. And I I want to say Evgeny Dodanov's going to be the guy mm-hmm. from the outside that becomes, like, the, the name player for that group. But, boy, when you, when you watch Nolan Patrick and some of the performances that he had uh, individually, and he played six preseason games too. They, yep. they gave him a really strong uh, workout to make sure that he's comfortable uh, going into this thing. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm right along with you. It's hard to look past Patrick and what his skills uh, show. 
Yeah, I, that's that's where I'm at. I, I think that for you know when you're looking at a, a new player into the organization who's who you are banking on being the biggest impact. It, to me, it's Nolan Patrick, and and everything else is kind of secondary. Uh, I will give a little bit of love to Laurent Brassois, mainly because you, you're mm-hmm. looking at. Uh, a new tandem with Leonard and Brassois through preseason. Laurent was fantastic. So uh, if he gives you somewhere in the ballpark of, of 30 to 35 games and, and they are solid and predictable and you know what you're getting, that's a win for the Golden Knights. But I'll still lean heavily toward Nolan Patrick. Uh, Pete DeBoer's coming up in a couple of minutes on the VGK Insider Show. Uh, before we leave uh, this topic, if Jenny Dodanov uh, played in five preseason games didn't record a point but boy there was stretches where i loved his game i, I you couldn't tell me i i would have argued all day long that 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 line was wrong uh before looking at it with my own eyes because i i liked a lot of what uh dadanov did uh, during this uh, this preseason stretch which i think bodes well uh for how this team's going to come out of the gate yeah, I'm I'm curious to see what configuration the Golden Knights have tomorrow mm. night. I, I really am based on you know some of what happened today at practice. I'm I'm curious and you know excited. I I guess it would be the best word. But yeah, I'm curious to see kind of uh, what the third line is going to look like for Vegas, given the injuries, given so, some of the, the 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 players unavailable to Pete DeBoer for tomorrow, and then from there, it's all about building chemistry and building off of your last performance and trying to find a configuration on that third line that's going to lead to production. Third line was interesting today with Nolan Patrick, Jenny Dodanov, and Peyton Krebs. Uh, we'll chat a little bit more about Peyton Krebs as we continue. Plus. Pete DeBoer, the head coach of the Vegas Golden Knights, what does he do the day before the start of the National Hockey League season? He talks to us on the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Interact with the guys on Twitter. Follow them at Darren Millard and at Ryan the Hockey Guy. This is the VGK Insider Show. Oh, the shark baby has such teeth, BGK Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas, uh, sneaking up on the start of the National Hockey League regular season. Uh, There's all kinds of interest in the Vegas Golden Knights from a national perspective, and you see that with all the games that are being broadcast on ESPN and TNT, and that includes on opening night. uh, Game number two of the entire season will take place against the Seattle Kraken, who launched their franchise, and it uh, will happen tomorrow night at T-Mobile Arena. Looking forward to that, and I know the uh, person on the other end of this phone line is as well as uh, we welcome in the VGK head coach, uh, Pete DeBoer. It's been such a road to get here, Pete, uh, through uh, the last couple of years, and you kind of get to experience the the real sizzle of a Vegas home opener season opener firsthand now well is, how, how nice is it that uh, the NHL season is opening on Canadian Thanksgiving weekend instead of January or <laughs> uh, June or July like uh, like we've been dealing with the last couple of years so it's back where it should be and uh, we've had a normal training camp for the first time in my time here and uh, we're excited to go. We'll get into some hockey questions uh, in just a little bit, but uh, I'm curious. Uh, National Hockey League head coach, uh, veteran National Hockey League head coach, uh, what do you do the night before the, the season opens? There's no other games to watch. Uh, uh, how do you fill your time tonight? 
<laughs> well, it's kind of it's kind of like that uh, roller coaster that you you uh, you get in the car and it starts to chug up the hill, and and we're about just from the top right now. So I'm I'm just relaxing and enjoying it because uh, once we go over the edge tomorrow night, it's it's uh, straight downhill for the next basically six months. Seattle is your opposition. You've watched some video of them. You've watched some of their preseason games. But do you? how much can you really take from something like that, knowing that they're expansion team? And we know that there's a few players in COVID protocol. Yeah. So, you know, we, I, I think I think we try and uh, our players want, uh, you know, some of their basic systems so that they feel prepared. Uh, you know, I, I know Dave Hackstall from when he coached in Philadelphia and, and some of the things he liked to do. And then he worked in Toronto for Babcock and Keefe. So, um, you know, you, you can look at some of his history and, and anticipate uh, how he wants to play. But really, this is going to be mostly about our game and, and making sure that uh, we find another level from, from the exhibition schedule. So going into the bubble, you, you said the same thing in Edmonton. Last year, you start uh, running because you had no preseason games. So those were, you just followed that same philosophy a little bit? A little bit, but it was but it was an entirely different camp in that uh, you know we had our entire system here for the first time. Uh, there was a lot of draft picks and young players that uh, we didn't bring to the bubble camp or camp last year because uh, they were in the middle of their seasons, or you know we just didn't have the numbers and the time to get a look at everybody. So I think between the the normal training camp and the seven exhibition games, uh, the benefit of it was we really got a good look and really got to know the young players that uh, we picked over the last two years that didn't get that opportunity to come in at those times. Pete DeBoer is with us, the head coach of the Vegas Golden Knights, are ready to start the first of an 82-game season tomorrow night against the Seattle Kraken. Uh, he's with us on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Pete, one of those players that you really got a good look at in in this camp is Peyton Krebs, and you know it's it's looking like Peyton is going to be able to play tomorrow night with this team would just kind of speak to his versatility as a player and, and how you've been able to use him in a lot of different areas in this preseason well I said to him this morning when he got on the ice at practice that uh, it's a it's a good thing that he's that he's still here it's a good sign and he said uh, he was hoping his phone wouldn't ring with uh, with news that he was going down or somewhere else last night and uh, he didn't get that call and he didn't deserve to get that call he really really had a good training camp and good exhibition and uh the the beauty of his game is that uh he's versatile he can play center he can play wing he can play you know in in the top of your lineup with skill guys because he has skill and speed or he can play in the bottom of your lineup uh, with grinders because uh you know of his energy that he brings to the rink every day and how he plays so uh, that that versatility for a young guy is rare, and he deserves to to be on our opening night roster. Pete DeBoer's chatting with us on the VGK Insider Show. Uh, you shared some of the availability status today after practice, but uh, just to reinforce to those that uh, that maybe haven't heard, uh, Shea Theodore was out there, Mark Stone was out there. Looks like they were able to go. John the Marshall so wasn't uh, Carrier, uh, Wa weren't. Uh, can you tell us uh, where is Zach Whitecloud wasn't out there today? Uh, what their status is? Well, uh, out I can tell you out for sure would be Carrier Wa 
and uh, Yanmark, who's in COVID protocol as of basically this morning. Um, uh, the other two have injuries. So those, those are the for sure missings. Uh, you know, we've got some game time decisions, but I'm, I'm confident that uh, uh, and hopeful that all those other guys will be in. Isn't it amazing the hard-hitting questions that I give you, uh, having <laughs> learned from being the pool reporter on the road during the preseason that, uh, that, that I just pepper you with this stuff? I tell you, it's a, it's a whole different level of preparation I've got to go through uh, walking up uh, after the games. <laughs> Pete DeBoer is with us, the VGK Insider Show at Fox Sports Las Vegas, right? So when when you're kind of looking ahead to tomorrow night and, and with some of these injuries, some of these players unavailable, uh, it, just how do you strike that balance between, you know, giving some guys some looks and opportunities and and not wanting to, to change too much in terms of the rest of your lineup? Yeah, well, you know, it, it's go time, and it, we want to win. I mean, you know, as a coach um, – Exhibition and training camp is for evaluation and, and trying things out. And once the season starts and we're playing for real, uh, we want to win every night. We want to win every game. We want the easiest path possible in the playoffs. We want home ice advantage for as long as possible, all those things. So, um, you know, I, I think from a coaching perspective, uh, that's how we look at it. Every decision we make uh, starting tomorrow night will be, uh, you know, to, to win the hockey game that night and what's best to help us win that game. Um, now, there are cap issues and COVID issues and roster issues uh, that affect who's available to us to play that night and who isn't. Uh, but the guys that, that, that are made available to us, we, we coach uh, to win, not to evaluate anymore. You said something really interesting the other night uh, after the game against the San Jose Sharks, and we talked about uh, at times uh, you had mentioned maybe the the compete or the work ethic or whatever it was uh, during the games. They had to come up uh, against the opposition who were really like in L.A. who were striving to make jobs and the young kids uh, really to prove themselves. But then you added the practices have been spot on. Uh, can you just expand on, on that statement? Because I, I really thought it was telling in where you've got a veteran group playing preseason games, which sometimes has trouble getting the players' attention, but practices were good. Well, yeah, it, it, it's funny. Someone someone mentioned a stat to me the other day. I think the last undefeated team in preseason was the 2016-17 avalanche and they went on to lose i think 48 games that year uh so um you know i i think i think veteran guys uh know when it's time to really uh go and uh, everything up until that point is preparation and if you had to to rank exhibition games versus team practices i i think they definitely go harder in team practices because that's where we're putting in our systems and our details and things like that. The exhibition games for them are, are just to get up to game speed and, and honestly, you know, try uh, to get uh, timing and things without getting hurt. Uh, that, that's a, that's a big piece of this is getting through, as you can see with some of the injuries we're dealing with and other teams are dealing with It's It's trying to get to game one uh, without getting hurt too. Pete DeBoer is with us on the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas.
You know, Pete, when you, you kind of look at this camp, uh, singling out a player in Keegan Colasar, I thought had a strong camp. And, and when you're looking at and assessing his game this year, where are the where where can he take the biggest stride in in just improving on his game as a player? Well, we we had Ryan Reeves uh, uh, obviously on our roster the last two three years, and that was a great luxury uh, playing teams uh, because you know really. Uh, they had to think twice before they took any liberties with any of your your players or skill guys. And when Ryan left, uh, Keegan Colasar is not Ryan Reeves, uh, but he's going to be, you know, part of uh, our, our toughness by committee. He's going to have to do a little bit of that. He can also play a big power forward game. He can also score. I thought he could have scored ten goals last year. He had opportunities to put that many up and. Uh, you know, seems to be shooting the puck in the net really well so far this year in exhibition and training camp. So we, we've got really big expectations for him, and he's going he's gonna to play a lot of different roles for us. Uh, as we say goodbye and wish you luck, uh, what was the mood like at practice today? You had three and a third uh, lines, but uh, was it like turning the page and they could see it coming and it's ready, it's right there and ready to go? Well, I think, I, I think the guys are excited. I yeah. think the coach is trying to get through without another injury. Uh, I think we've, we've had enough of those, so yeah. I think we wanted to make sure that the guys we had out there today would, were getting to, to game time tomorrow night healthy and ready to go. Um, but it, but excitement. I mean, uh, you know, this is a group that knows what they're capable of, and they know that the journey starts tomorrow night. Really excited to see what uh, lies in store for you and uh, your group. And uh, again, 82-game season, and we started off a little history against Seattle Kraken. That'll be cool, right? It will be really cool, and uh, I'm, I'm expecting them to be a, a, a version of the Vegas Golden Knights uh, in their inaugural year. They're going to they're gonna work really hard. The scouting reports on them are very good. I joked with you about what do you do the night before the game, but uh, I know that you've got other things uh, happening and involved in your life, and we do really appreciate it. I know our audience does, too, you taking the time for us uh, as we close in on the start of the season. Uh, thanks, Pete. Anytime, guys. There's Pete DeBoer, the head coach of the Vegas Golden Knights, who could be uh, a thousand other places, but he chooses to come on uh, Fox Sports Las Vegas with us. And uh, that Peyton Krebs answer, that that's that's a really telling statement, uh, letting us in on the discussion between the coach and the player and the amount of appreciation that Pete DeBoer has for Peyton. Yeah, I, I mean, you look at Peyton and his progression throughout camp. I, I think, you know, from, from day one, he's been getting better every day, and that's the type of thing you'd like to see from your young prospects and and I think it's it's a testament to the work that Peyton puts in and you know the fact that that Pete flat out said he, he didn't deserve that call he didn't deserve that text he didn't deserve um, to to have to start the year down that that he deserved a spot in this lineup it, it gives you an indication of um, where Peyton's game is at and what the hope is for him this year moving forward when you look at this team mm-hmm Stone and Pacioretty were so good last year. Yep. I think there's more that you can get out of the Misfits, as responsible as they are. But if there's fewer minutes on special teams, like I, the PK, from a Stone, from a, from a Carlson or Smith, and they're, they're great penalty killers. But if you lessen their minutes a little bit because the rest of the guys can soak some of that up and be just as effective, 
what what's in store from a Stone, from a Marcia So, from a Smith, from a Carlson? I I think you're you're hoping for for I mean when it comes to Stone, more of the same of what you got last year. You're you're looking for dynamic offensive off, offensive numbers uh, from. Carlson, Marcius, Owen Smith. I, I think that you're you're hoping that those three guys together as a trio can can kind of get back to where they were year one for the Golden Knights. I don't think William Carlson's going to score 43, but I think you're just looking for them to be able to dominate games and dominate stretches within games and contribute often. And you know, as far as Pacioretty goes, I know you you are very very much in the uh, in the corner that this is going to be. Um, a banner year for Max Pacioretty. I'm and bullish. I'm bullish you, on Pacioretty. You really are, and and I'm not too far behind you there. So I think you're just looking for, you know, Stone to kind of replicate what he was able to do last year in a shortened season, and you're just looking for more, more of 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 what the Misfits were able to do when they were put together and and were so dynamite for this team year one. Are you more impressed with the forward core? or what they've assembled on the back end going into this season? Yeah, that's a question. Probably the back end. Um, mm-hmm. Not not for any other particular reason than Alex Petrangelo. Um, listen, when you watch Petrangelo play and he's comfortable, it's just beautiful. In the offensive zone, it's positionless. It is, it is it, it's the type of game that makes oppositions uncomfortable. And he's such a smooth skater. He's so good that even if he gets caught, he's able to kind of get back. And, and his partner and Alec Martinez knows how to buy some time uh, until Petrangelo gets back into position defensively. So um, on the back end, I think this team is so incredibly stacked, and that's not even taking into account Shea Theodore. So uh, I'm more impressed, I think, with the back end and how solid of of a unit it is one to seven. Kelly McCrimmon is on record calling this the deepest forward group that the Vegas Golden Knights have iced. They're going to need some of that depth based on the yeah. injuries to start the season. But the the seven defensemen they have include six guys who are veterans. Now, the, there's three that are on the very young side. White Cloud, Haig, Coughlin. That's not a bad thing at all uh, because two of them have year-plus experience in the National Hockey League. They haven't gone through an 82-gamer because that just hasn't happened, uh, and that's not their fault. But when you compare the top four to the the three kids and the amount of, I think, mixing and matching that you're probably going to see because of necessity at times this year, there's some range there for – the coach that runs the blue line in Ryan McGill to be comfortable in a lot of different looks on that back end. So uh, I'm with you in, in comparing the, the the forwards are the forwards and it's impressive, but I, I don't think that there's any doubt that that group of seven is uh, this, the backbone of this team. Yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. I, it's just, it's one of those things where you look at them and it's not it, there's not really a weak link on their back end at all and and it goes even deeper than just the seven that they have for for the NHL roster so i i look at the back end i think that the golden knights are are so so stacked there and you've got young players in Hague, Coglin and Whitecloud that are only going to get better 
and and kind of Shea Theodore's bridging the gap between Petrangelo Martinez and Braden McNabb in, in terms of age and, and that curve. So uh, you've got key guys that are going to just get better over the next couple of seasons and, and make this a, a real, real monster to deal with for opposition. And just one final comment on that. There's four defensemen in that group. Coughlin, I'll put to the side uh, because I'm not sure that he's just going to play enough games uh, with the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, McNabb's defensive guy. Uh, White Cloud, more of a, a defensive guy. But Nick Hag, Shea Theodore, Alex Petrangelo, and uh, Shea, who is, uh, Alec Martinez. Uh, those four defensemen, any of those four could hit double digits and goals this year. The, I, I love what I see out of Nick Hag's game. And the other three are just, they're going to get so much power play time. Any of those four. And if they do, that's good news for the power play. Uh, huge uh, steps forward. Uh, thanks to Pete DeBoer for stopping by and joining us only right here on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to the Findlay Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Here's Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Fun one today. Monday, get a chance to chat with you, the listener. Pete DeBoer stopped by in hour number two. If you missed uh, any of that conversation, check out the podcast, which will be downloaded in a matter of moments from now after Chris Chapman gets done with uh, bringing us whatever it is that he wants to bring us today. So I thought it was cool that, that we did bring up the New York Islanders earlier in this show and their dynasty, which I think you could you could make the argument that it's the greatest four years in the history of not just hockey, but professional sports. They won 19 consecutive playoff series, which is unmatched in professional sports. No team has ever done anything like that in pro sports. But I, I, I want. So why why hasn't it happened? Because teams have won four Stanley Cups in a row. Yeah, but they because maybe they didn't play enough games or the playoffs weren't as long. Yeah, it wasn't four rounds of the playoffs. Yeah, because I know back back before '67 yeah. there were only six teams, and yeah. then there were 12 teams, and. Islanders came in in 72, and uh, they dominated for, for the early part of the 80s. But uh, I wanted to look up some of the other longest win streaks in sports history. And, Darren, you will like this one. I won't. You will. Oh. Because you're a big golf fan. Yeah. Byron cool. Nelson. Oh, it's amazing. He won 11 straight yeah. tournaments in 1945. Now, granted, it's 1945, but still, that is un. Still had to get the ball in the hole, man. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter what year it was to win 11 straight PGA. Tiger took a little bit of a run at it, but that's just, yeah, crazy. How many How many did Tiger win? Was it four? I thought he won seven, seven in a row. Seven, yeah, there it is, seven seven straight. But Thank yeah, you. That is, that is pretty incredible. Floyd Mayweather in boxing, 50 wins in a row. I think he might be 51. I don't know if they count that nonsense with... with <laughs> <laughs> with the Jake Paul guy or Logan Paul. I don't even know which one he fought, but I don't know if they count that or not, but still pretty incredible. However, the all-time greatest win streak in professional sports, it's not an American sport. In fact, I don't even know how you play it, but it's Jahangir Khan won 555 straight matches in squash. 555. Wow. Five mm. world championships in that time frame. A lot of vegetables. Yes, yes. I like squash. My wife makes really oh. good. Oh, it's so ah. good. 
She mixes it with ground chicken. Phenomenal. Ah. Squash is good. Really? Good. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. good. <sighs> you don't like vegetables, though, so that's okay. Good point. Good uh, good point. Uh, thanks to Pete DeBoer for stopping by. Uh, Wallace, we're at the game tomorrow. T-Mobile yep. Arena getting everybody set for opening night, the National Hockey League season. Vegas, Seattle. Oh, one more sleep, baby. 